This is The Winner's Take with host Nelson rowdy Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Esler. Welcome into Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson rowdy Raisbeck, joined by professional sports better Dave Esler. Dave, how are we doing today? I'm doing awesome. I'm, uh, I'm running a little behind today because I had to do a quick doctor's appointment, but uh, I think we'll be caught up by the end of the day and make some more money. Yeah, and Dave, just to recap our last podcast, we ended up going 2-1, and one, uh, took home a little bit of money, and just for the official first month of April baseball, had a winning record and also slightly in the black. Now, Dave, I know we touched on this in earlier podcasts, you break it down in a few different seasons for the baseball season. And and I feel like a lot of April is kind of feeling out what these teams are. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, a good chunk of May is as well. And then you get into the the summertime when the, the weather patterns are different. And that affects lots of things, you know, travel, you know, teams that'll spend three or four days in Atlanta in the heat have to go somewhere in a dome and all those little things come up and you know of course then after the all-star break where you know looking at who's buyers and who's sellers and and then you got round four which is a matter of who's in it and who's not who's still playing to win and, and who's playing next year's team from the from the triple a team so you know yeah you have to you have to watch that because the books don't adjust as quick as they should that's why i'm actually for us to have a winning record on our podcast over 24 hours in advance and be slightly in the black for the first month of feeling it out. I feel pretty confident in what we did, especially just purely content wise. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, that's just tracking the official picks and yeah, content wise. I mean, we've given out a lot of, a lot of basketball winners and last week we gave out a couple of NFL draft props that win. So yeah, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good with our content. Um, I'm hoping we can get better, uh, but where we don't have to get better. What we're doing is great, but you know I don't like losing any. See, I'm right there with you. I, I remember all the losers and hardly remember some of your good winners. Yeah, I, I I try to get over that. I think it's really just a matter of I've been doing it longer than you. Um, you know, I mean, I had a couple wins for me this weekend that I probably didn't deserve, but we lose them that way too, and it's really just a matter of Hit and refresh as soon as you can, because if you go back to handicapping when you're in a pissy mood, it's not going to work. Well, I don't know if I want to talk about my weekend, but I think we probably should here later in the podcast. So let's just jump right into Tuesday, May 2nd slate of games. Now we're recording this on Monday, like always. So we are going to have these lines in about 36 hours in advance. So the first game we're looking at here. It's a 5.40 Central Time first pitch between the Atlanta Braves. They're going to be taking on the Miami Marlins. Now, on the hill for the Braves, we have Bryce Elder going for the Marlins. Sandy Alcantara, you know, no real money line or run line out there, but there is an eight for a total. What are you thinking for this game, Dave? Yeah, I'm thinking they're not going to put a line out till later tonight because the Braves are in a precarious spot. I mean, they... They play a doubleheader here today, Monday, at the Mets. Um, and oftentimes the doubleheader alone is almost enough to look to fade them. And then, of course, they've got a three-hour flight to go play a division opponent. Um, and the Braves' pen has an ERA of over six and a half and a whip of over one and a half over the last week. 
So you combine that with any additional usage in two games on Thursday, I mean, as good as Elder has been, um, it's tough to take the Braves for the full game. And then you add to that the fact that Elder just beat Miami. So you think, oh, let's go the other way. But, you know, Miami hit him harder than anyone has this season. And again, I just can't bring myself to get to the Braves. I know Miami has Monday off. Great. So we should be taking the Miami. But the fish pen has been worse than Atlanta's over the last week, which I think that would want to make me look at the over or maybe the fish first five. But Alcantara hasn't been as lights out as he's been in the past. And obviously we have someone that knows him pretty well. They probably see him five times a year. So that really makes it a tougher game than I thought at first glance. What I really want to see tomorrow is the Atlanta lineup after the doubleheader today. But assuming they put out the A-team, because they probably won't in one of these doubleheader games, I'll probably be on this over just because of the familiarity. Um, or better yet, I think I think both starters do well early. And I think I'm going to look at an in-game over if it's like nothing or nothing after two innings. Um, I really like that bet uh, much more than either side or, uh, or, or full game total at this point. Yeah, this one's a hard one to kind of gauge just because out of all the games we're going to talk about, there really wasn't a ton out there for sides and totals. But at the same time, you mentioned that doubleheader. And as you were talking, uh, the the gears were turning for me and I instantly started thinking over. But that's not what I actually came to when I was going through some of these games myself. I actually looked at this and I, let me let me get your opinion on this. So clearly we know and the public knows that the Braves are better. But I think clearly the public would for sure recognize Sandy Alcantara's name over a Bryce Elder. Now, do you have any, I guess, info on if it's a big-time pitcher that's been in the Cy Young before, you know, do you think the public would automatically run to bet him, even if Miami is, you know, a shorter favorite in this game? Yes, absolutely. Um, the, the, you're, and because of the reasons you just mentioned. I mean, they know Alcantara, but, you know, they know him from years past. And, you know, this year, I'm not sure what to make of him. I mean, he got, he got crushed at Philadelphia. Again, division opponent. Here we go. He lost to the Mets. Again, division opponent. Um, he just pitched at Atlanta. Lost to Atlanta, but only gave up two runs. So um, I'm thinking that would mean maybe we should look at Atlanta or maybe we should look at the over. As you were talking, like I said, the gears started turning, and I instantly, as you were going through it, before you even said, I go, man, he, from what he's saying, I kind of like the over in this game. But when I looked at it, I kind of looked at it as, I know the Braves are playing a double header today, and the bullpen has been shaky as of late, even though on paper it's a pretty good bullpen. I don't want to bet on Alcantara because he's been pretty bad, actually, this year. Not the same guy he has been. Somehow I wanted to try and get to the Braves in the first five innings. You mentioned how Elder has just faced Miami. It was the team that hit him the hardest. Outside of Miami, he's pretty much went about six innings every single game and given up three or less. So I wanted to kind of try and get to the Braves because I'm going to guess they're probably slightly plus money in this matchup. If I could get the Braves at plus money in the first five and then probably look at your over for the entire game, I think I'm interested in those two. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to take the first five because the Miami bullpen, I mean, it's been okay at home this year, but the last week or so, 
and some of those games at home, uh, and some of those games against the Braves, the their uh, ERA is seven point three, and their WHIP is one point seven seven. So you have to take that out of the equation. So I I think it has to be a first five bet, whichever way you want to go. So Dave is recommending no matter what side you like, probably a first five bet, and then he is looking for an in-game over between the Braves and the Marlins. Right now that total for the full game sits at eight, roughly. Looking at the second game here for our baseball slate, going to go to the Los Angeles Angels taking on the St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis. This is a 645 Central Time first pitch. You got Patrick Sandoval on the mound for the Angels. Going for the Cardinals is Steven Matz. These are two left-handers. Uh, Dave, what do you think about this one? You probably have some good input into the Angels because they just played your Brewers, and the bats were pretty much silenced. And, you know, was that a result of good Brewers pitching or a slump? Because coming into that series, they had been pretty much scoring at will. And I know it was against Kansas City and Oakland, but still, you know, Maybe they're beating on the weak sisters and not so much against better teams. So where does that put the Cardinals? Are they a better team? I mean, what I know is that with an 0-5 season record and a season-long whip of 1.7, it's just not possible for me to back Steven Matz, uh, which may be why I actually should because they're not usually that easy. Um, and on top of the Cardinals being a free fall, their bullpen was lit up against the Dodgers. And, you know, they've actually been reasonably good at home their pen has. Still, it make that would it would make it impossible for me if, if I'm betting on St. Louis to trust Matt and the bullpen at the same time, and I just can't. And as far as Sandoval is concerned, I mean the only team that's really hit him was the Yankees, and that was in New York. The Angels' pen has been surprisingly steady this season, so I would have to go to the Angels as almost sort of the, the lesser of two evils. Um, I could consider the over. I, I like overs in St. Louis, but not this year. It hasn't been working out. Uh, and both teams struggling to play ones. I'm probably runs. I'm not super confident in that either. So I'm going to go with the visiting Los Angeles Angels. Yeah, I think we're in the same mindset here because I looked at it. Sandoval's been pretty good this year outside of that Yankee game, like you mentioned. And Steven Matz, this just feels like it's his last breath, you know, in the big leagues. Like, is this this guy feels shot? And at the same token. How much longer are we going to say that the Cardinals are actually a good team? I mean, they're sitting there at 10 and 19, and I know they have the Goldschmidts and the Arenados of the world, but how long into the season do they have to struggle for us to say, man, this team might not be that good? And then looking at both of the teams, they hit lefties both quite well. They're both in the top six for average and OPS against left-handers. But then, like you said, St. Louis's bullpen is eh at best and the angels surprisingly have been good for me i came to the realization i probably want the uh money line on the angels potentially because both teams hit lefties quite well and i think matt's is done potentially look at that over at eight and a half yeah we'll have to see how the weather is at st louis tomorrow i i have to admit i'm remiss at looking I have it right here, Dave. Um, start of the game, we have a 17-mile-an-hour wind blowing out to right center, and then by the end of the game, they are predicting about 11-mile-an-hour wind blowing out to right center. Temperature? Temperature going to be 62 to 56 during game time. Yeah, not ideal. Not a lot of humidity. Yeah, I mean, that would make it hard to take it under with that, with that wind, but, you know, can we can we trust it? I mean... 
Matt's is pretty much a fly ball pitcher or he walks people. So, you know, that over might be in play for sure. So both of us do like the Angels on the money line. The only reason why I think I would stay away from the first five maybe in this one, Dave, or or say I, I favor the full game over the first five is because St. Louis can hit lefties well. And I think we have an advantage with the Angels bullpen over the Cardinals bullpen. Totally agree, 100%. I mean, every every way I looked at this game, I couldn't couldn't see anything other than, than what we've already gone over here. I try to be contrarian and not do the obvious. But hey, sometimes it. it's just obvious. I wish they were all that way. Looking at game number three here, it's going to be the Arizona Diamondbacks traveling to the Texas Rangers. First pitch, 7.05 Central Time. We got Zach Gallen on the mound for the Diamondbacks. John Gray on the mound for Texas. This was one, Dave, where I looked at it a little bit, and just from knowing players and old teams, I already knew that Arizona would be probably pretty familiar with John Gray, former Rocky, and that's uh, exactly what ended up uh, being the case. I don't know about you, but I like Arizona in the first five here. I don't trust the Arizona bullpen, but Zach Gallen has been really, really good outside of his first start. And the fact that the Diamondbacks have seen John Gray when he was with the Rockies and they've hit much better than they have the past couple years, I think I'm going to take Arizona in the first five. Uh, Depending on where you look, this will probably be anywhere from minus 155 to minus 185. Yeah, I think you almost have to. I mean, I guess instinctively I'd simply want it back Gallon. The kid hasn't allowed a run in four starts, and he's got a legitimate bullpen behind him. So I guess knowing that, that's exactly why I would at least try to back the Rangers. But as you mentioned, um, you know, I mean, Gray's actually been serviceable. He's been steady. But, you know, Arizona saw plenty of him when he was with Colorado. And, you know, here we go again with what Rangers kind of we going to see. The one that's been almost unhittable at home or the one within the area over seven over the last week. I mean, I can almost get there with them because of their splits at home and the fact that Arizona has seen plenty of gray, but, you know, they probably haven't seen much of the Rangers' pen. So with that, I'm with you. I would have to go Arizona for the first five, and I'm definitely going to consider a Zach Gallon over his strikeout props. I mean, it'll be a big number, but without ever seeing Gallon and the fact that the Rangers strike on almost nine times a game as it is, um, I think that's a winner. I also want to take this under. Or what I'm going to do is at least see if Gray gives up a couple early runs maybe and then take the under at a better number because I think Gallon doesn't let up much for the Rangers, but I'm not sure Arizona tees off on the, on the Texas bullpen. I think both bullpens have the advantage later. So I'm going to look for maybe maybe Texas to get uh, down maybe, say, two or three to nothing after four, and then I'll take the under because I don't think – if they haven't scored by then, they probably won't. Uh, so there you go. A little in-game betting here from Dave for a couple of these games. Also, we both like the Arizona Diamondbacks in the first five. Dave, I think it's safe to say for the first game, we both kind of want to wait and see between the Braves and the Marlins. And the second game, we feel like sometimes the obvious is true, and we like the Angels, and we kind of like the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks in the first five. This is one that I'm interested in. Obviously, it's my hometown Milwaukee Brewers. Our fourth game is going to be the Milwaukee Brewers at the Colorado Rockies. This is a 740 Central Time first pitch. Freddie Peralta on the mound for the Brewers. 
Ryan Feltner on the mound for the Rockies. This one, I think I'm going to go a little contrarian, Dave. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would, of course, look to find a way to take the home team first and, and not do the obvious. You know, I looked at Feltner, and he hasn't allowed an earned run in his last two starts, but he allowed a lot of them in his first three starts. You know, but you got a Rockies bullpen that's actually been victimized at Coors Field, which clearly isn't surprising. And I don't know which Milwaukee offense we're going to see, the one that plays three or less or the one that plays five or more, uh, because they've just been that erratic. I mean, you know, we know about Peralta's sort of career splits, but he's only pitched six innings in Coors, which I know is a tiny sample size, but he's only allowed one hit and struck out 14 batters in those six innings. So at the very least, that tiny park won't uh, be in his head. Uh, so I can't get to Colorado full game. I considered them first five since Felder does have an upside, but I think my favorite bet this one might be the under. Um, but as usual, it's a Brewers game, so I'm just going to throw my two cents in and let you go. Well, I'll give you a little nugget on that Freddie Peralta, that start in Colorado. I believe that was 2018. That was his major league debut where he ended up going, I think it was like five and a third, and he struck out 13 batters. Parents were in the crowd. They are making a big note of it. So, yeah, it's been a while for Freddie Peralta in Colorado. And we know that he's better at home than on the road, but I like you, I looked at it and I understand why Milwaukee is the favorite in this game and why the, the game is lined the way it is. But I instantly started kind of digging into the numbers and I'm with you. I wanted to go contrarian and, and bet the under in this game and, and probably might even like it a little bit more for the under in the first five. You already mentioned it. I mean, Ryan Feltner's coming off of 11 and two thirds innings in his last two starts. Hasn't given up an earned run. Heck he's only given up eight hits in those 11 plus innings. Then on the flip side, Freddie Peralta, he's been pretty sharp overall the entire season, but he has had some success against Colorado, both at home and on the road. I wanted to play this game under just because everyone always bets Colorado over. We know in the news cycle here as of late, They're comparing Colorado to Mexico City, and you saw 27 runs or whatever it was in Mexico City, and it's all about altitude, 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 scoring runs. Yeah, I want to. I kind of want to bet this game under. Might be a little safer in the first five, just because of how the the two pitchers have pitched. Well, I'm glad we agree on that. Um, Good info. I didn't know that that was Peralta's first career start, and I guess that probably does um, take those stats and throw them out even further. But yeah, I mean. For me, I would have to take the Rockies maybe in the first five or the first five under. You'd almost want to be contrarian because you can't. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, well, I, I feel like, like it's – here's another thing. The Brewers came out of the gates hot. I think they were averaging over six runs per game after the first couple of weeks. They were hitting the hell out of right-handed pitching. But if you look at you know some of the Major League Baseball statistics – They've now dropped 11th place, 12th place in average and OPS against right-handers. So they're obviously coming back to the mean. And then at the same time, this Rockies team isn't filled with hitters like it has been in the past with the Nolan Arenados, the Matt Holidays. you know, insert some slugger, Todd Helton, if you want to, Troy Tulowitzki. Those guys aren't on this team. It's not a big hitting team like it used to be. I'm with you. I, I like the under. Yep. Well, we agree on that, too. We got to get to one where we don't agree. It's way more fun to argue with you. All right. So game five, we're going to be looking at the Cincinnati Reds. They're going to be on the West Coast taking on the San Diego Padres. 
This is an 8.40 Central Time first pitch. You have Graham Ashcraft on the mound for the Reds, towing the rubber for the San Diego Padres. You are going to have Michael Waka. Dave, do you think we're going to argue on this one? I don't know. Um, it's unfortunate that the Padres are playing uh, today, Monday, uh, against the Reds, because if they weren't, and I may do this anyway tomorrow, uh, and tonight, I would almost blindly take Cincinnati. I mean, the Padres, they just played those two games in Mexico. Uh, and we know that's taxing in and of itself uh, between the oxygen and that, that stadium where the, the, the infield's like cement. Um, but before that, they, they played seven straight road games, which would have put them squarely in that sort of dreaded first game back situation, which I really hate. Um, and that's almost always a fade. Uh, are we looking? I still might. Um, but I got to see today. But I do love Ashcraft, to be honest. I mean, he hasn't allowed more than two earned runs in all five starts. And the Cincinnati Pan, they've been pretty good over the last week. You know, although maybe a slight ding because three of those were against Oakland. I look at Walker and I see someone with a whip of 1.58. So I have no confidence back in them. But, you know, I think I'll go, well, they, they saw quite a bit of them. The Reds did, but it's a different Reds team. But he was 12-3 and three against, you know, better-hitting Reds team. So um, I was hoping that was not the case so I could back the Reds. But I still might because, I mean, look at today's game between these two teams. I mean, the Padres are throwing out Blake, Blake, Smell, Blake Snell Monday. And Snell is minus 200. Is Blake Snell a minus 200 pitcher? Um, in fact, he was the first week of the season against the Rockies and he got shelled. So what that tells me is Waka will – be overpriced on Tuesday, in my opinion. So I can't quite get to Ashcraft uh, yet, but uh, I will not bet on Walker. But what I will do here, Nelson, is take the first five under. I mean, I, I think Walker will probably continue his dominance of the Reds. Um, any other team, I might disagree. And I think Ashcraft gets through the order a couple times. It's also a pitcher's park as it is. So uh, I really love the first five under there. Yeah, so I'm not going to disagree with you on the under, but I, we do slightly agree here. I, I love Graham Ashcraft. He's a guy that nobody in the public has ever heard of, and he's pitching phenomenally. He's got 30 innings pitched this year, just seven earned runs. Right now his worst start is five innings, two runs against the Pirates. And right now the Pirates are just a machine and continue to win. But no one knows who he is when you more people in the public will have heard of Michael Walker from his time with the Cardinals when he was on a World Series team, you know, bounced around with the Red Sox and whatever. Plus, it's the Padres. Everyone knows that the Reds are supposed to be in the trash this year. The Padres, they're talking about how they're spending all this money. You got Tatis, you got Bogarts, you got Manny Machado and on and on and on. But I also like that you mentioned how. I would love this game so much more if they were playing, if this exact game was today, yeah. just because of the travel. Plus they're coming, they're coming from high altitude. They're coming from Mexico city, which is over 2000 feet higher than Colorado. So yeah, they might be used to Colorado just because it's interdivision and travel, but this is even on another level. This is like on steroids, I guess. But yeah, I ended up liking the Cincinnati reds money line in this game. Uh, looking around, you can get that at plus 140. I could see the Reds in the first five, but weirdly enough, the Reds' bullpen has actually even been better than the Padres' bullpen. Well, 
you know, I'm going to have to wait and see, but I, I just know that I'll be taking the first 500 no matter what. Um, and depending on how this game plays out on Monday, um, I will, I may could go reds. I might, I might have to go run line. I'm not that confident, but if I like the under, that should give more value to the run line. Um, Dave, I'm just looking at these five games we went through. We agreed on the Angels and the Cardinals. We agreed in Arizona and Texas. We agreed on Milwaukee, Colorado. And we both mentioned the Cincinnati money line in Cincinnati, San Diego. I know you said you liked the under. I think the only one we really had any disagreement was, was the uh, Braves and the Marlins, where I said I was probably going to look Braves first five. You said, eh, maybe I'd go with the fish, wait and see. Yeah, not a, not a whole lot of disagreement here. Maybe we'll get some more disagreement in the NBA slate here, as we do have a number of games between Monday night and I guess you would say Wednesday night when we will release the next winner's take on Thursday. Uh, but real quick, if you want to uh, you like what you see, go download the podcast. Um, you want to find Dave's work, it's at Dave underscore Essler, or you can find some of his work at pregame.com. You want to find me on Twitter, it's at Rowdy underscore Razor. Dave, real quick, I kind of wanted to dive in into the NBA playoffs. Now, I know we have the Sixers and the Celtics tip off tonight, so probably not a ton of people will have this downloaded by then. That is game one. We have the Suns and Nuggets game two also Monday night. But if we look at uh, the upcoming week, Tuesday we have game two of the Heat and the Knicks. Knicks are favored by seven. And then we have game one of the Lakers and Warriors. Warriors favored by four and a half. Anything you're kind of looking at for these NBA games upcoming Monday through Wednesday? Yeah, I mean, if they, anybody gets this Monday, I mean, I will be taking Phoenix over Denver. I mean, they, they got beaten pretty bad the other night. But, you know, Denver shot, I want to say it was over 50% or at least close to it from behind the arc. And Phoenix shot like 30%. Uh, neither one of those are going to happen again. So I like Denver to keep that game close. And Embiid is out or probably out for the 76ers, which I think people will just jump on Philadelphia. Uh, but I would actually like the over better, and not because Embiid won't be there to score. Embiid won't be there to play defense. And uh, when he is on the court, almost everything runs through him. So I think Philadelphia plays a little quicker uh, without Embiid than they do with. So I kind of like that over. And you go forward, I mean, that Miami-New York, line is in, is interesting. I mean, now they have the Knicks favored by seven. I'd open five and a half uh, to a team that just beat them fairly badly. And that team that also beat the Bucks, who were the number one seed in the East. So, I mean, I don't get it. I mean, I would be all over New York in that you, game. I mean, all over Miami in that game. I do mean, you think I, the, the question marks could be because of Jimmy Butler and that ankle? Because I know you texted me during that game. You didn't really think he was injured. I mean, he was fine. He, he he didn't have a bad injury. But I don't know. He looked pretty ginger. And his shooting and just getting up and down the court didn't look great those last three, four minutes. Well, I agree with you. But, you know, we got doctors in today's day and age. Give them 48 hours. They'll they'll tape it and shoot it up with something. I mean, I, I still couldn't take uh, the Knicks. I mean, I just don't uh, – I just don't think they're – they're all that good, to be honest with you. I think mean, they got by a very overrated Cleveland team. So I will, I'll take Miami. And, you know, in that Lakers game, um, you know, I watched Golden State pretty much destroy the Kings yesterday. 
And a lot of people will see that, and that's where Golden State's be gone from four to four and a half. But what I'm probably going to look at is the under. Um, you know, the Lakers don't want uh, a run-and-shoot game with the Warriors on the road, uh, and the Lakers can, when they want to, play defense. So I don't really have a strong opinion on the side, but I do have a strong opinion on the under 228 in that game. I was thinking about it from a side perspective. The Warriors were just pushed to seven games. Right. You know, it's a tough series. Lakers did end the Grizzlies a game early. Kind of the the older LeBron James and crew got an extra little bit of rest. And it's not like Steph Curry and these Warriors are these young spring chickens. Do you think maybe the Lakers have a little bit of an advantage just due to the rest when both of these teams are are older or some of their better players are older? Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I think, though, if I were going to bet the Lakers, I might do it for the first half, um, only because so many times I've bet on the Lakers, I mean the Warriors, excuse me, for the full game, and they've been, like, down big at halftime. And I don't know what it is about second halves and adjustments, but uh, they make them better than anybody. So a full game would probably be dangerous for me to take the Lakers. I totally agree with your logic about the rest and meant to mention that, so thanks for bringing that up. But I think Lakers, if I was going to do it, I would, I, would be, I would feel more comfortable betting it in the first half. All right, so just a recap for some of the NBA games Monday through Wednesday. Uh, Dave did like Monday night the Suns against the Nuggets. Suns are catching four here. Then on Tuesday, Dave did like the Heat catching seven against the Knicks and then the under in the Warriors-Lakers game. Now, Wednesday, I think I know what you're going to say, but it's game two of the Sixers-Celtics. We don't even know how game one is going to be. There's no line out here. Uh, probably just a, a let it lay or if you had a lean on on something, but it's probably going to wait and see. Let's see what happens game one. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, to the, to your point about Miami and the Knicks, you know, I looked at the, 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 the championship odds and the Knicks are actually 30 to one with the highest odds to win right now. And the heat are 28 to one. So they have, they're giving the Knicks less of a chance to win than the heat, but they're giving the heat seven points in that game. I'll take the heat plus the seven points. That just, that just made me feel even better. And I believe those numbers have even improved. Now, I know that the the Heat won game one, but I believe we were talking about this in a podcast, ooh, man, just last week, and I think the Heat, this was before game one. They uh, they were 40-1, to one, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, they would have uh, moved up quite a bit there. Now, Dave, I wanted to talk about this a little bit because I know a lot of uh, betters go through this. But this weekend, I could not get a single game right. It didn't matter. I, I liked about five games, and the first four were just L, L, L. And then after, you know, I'm sitting here 0-4, I'm like, well, I kind of like this game, and I kind of like that game. You know, water's got to find its level. And then you get frustrated, and you start betting more, or you start betting games maybe you weren't 100% sold on. And, you know, you basically got you got on tilt there. And I don't know if you have any advice for some of the, the betters out there that maybe experience this, because I think we all do to an extent. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one, because if you're half decent at what you're doing, you would have confidence in yourself that you would not go, oh, and whatever. But, you know, sometimes when you're making those kind of bets, 
you know, you're, you, you kind of like it, but, you know, have you really researched it? You know, and I think for me, um, I try to avoid 0 and 11 days as much as I can uh, because I just don't make that many bets. And sometimes if I get an early winner or two, I might add something a little smaller later in the day. But I've kind of got the discipline to like, well, if I have two or three games and I lose them all, okay, I'm not going to do more damage. You know, that is going to happen. I'm just going to move on to the next day. And I think mastering that will help people make more money because they'll lose less money because those are the bets you always regret. The ones that you say, I think this will happen. And you're really doing it to, in, to chase bad losses. And, you know, those are the two worst kinds of bets to make. The ones that you didn't really look too deep into and the ones where you're trying to make up for lost time. And if you cannot do that, uh, you will not lose as much money, and you may even make some money. See, I feel like I run into that more. Like, I've gotten way better than, we'll say, you know, three, four years ago when I was younger and really just starting, you know, getting into this. But I still find myself saying, you know, don't do this, don't do this, and then you do it every once in a while. But it it's like, it's not just the 0-4s or the, you know, the 0-5, whatever you were that day, and then you're like, I'm going to catch up. It was the, you were so completely wrong and off. You're like, I can't be this wrong and off for all of them. Because weirdly enough, I actually looked into all these games. I had nothing better to do than watch the draft and, and research games this weekend. And it, it just makes it even more frustrating and I think had I went like one in three or whatever, and it was like, ah, you know, kind of that game could have went this way, this game, but I just got absolutely smoked. That's when you get frustrated. Yeah. Right. And you, you mentioned something interesting. Um, I had nothing to do, but I mean, sometimes you can have too much time on your hands. And I find myself in that situation where, you know, it's this time of day, it's mid afternoon. The market isn't, doing a whole lot. I've made most of the bets I'm going to make for today and tonight. And then I have a couple hours where, boy, I really shouldn't go out and do any yard work because I don't have time to do what I really want to do and yada, yada, yada. And that's when I will make a stupid bet. Uh, maybe I'll want something early in the in the evening instead of my West Coast game. So yeah, I try to avoid that, but I still I still fall victim to it as well. Hopefully we've helped some of you out there with uh, maybe some of the struggles when you get on a, a losing streak or, or find yourself with some tilt. Now, Dave, let's uh, let's give some of the picks here for this podcast. I know you said you really like the Heat. I know you like the uh, the Suns, both of those two teams catching points here in the NBA. Suns on Monday, uh, the Heat on Tuesday. Let's uh, Let's give some picks for Major League Baseball, though. What are you looking at? Okay, well, my favorite one is going to be uh, the uh, Reds and the Padres under. Game or first five? Yeah, full game. So Dave is going to go with his pick, the Reds and the Padres under for the total game. You know what? I think I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Angels on the money line, roughly plus 130 against the Cardinals and Steven Matz. I just think – I think Matt's a shot here. I think his big league career is coming to an end here shortly. Yeah, I mean, that would have been 1A for me, so we're in agreement there. So if it, if it wins, we get one and a half. If it loses, I remain noncommittal, and it's only one. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Just to recap our picks here, Dave in the NBA on Monday night, he does like the Suns. 
plus four against the Nuggets. On Tuesday, he likes the Heat plus seven against the Knicks. And then for our Major League Baseball official picks, I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Angels on the money line, roughly plus 130. And Dave is going to take the Cincinnati Reds, San Diego Padres game total under. That'll be it for winner's take. We will be back hosting on Thursday afternoon. Until then, let's win some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com, in the Zone app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen, rate, subscribe.